Luke chapter 15, and it's, it's a story you have heard multiple times. It's not anything new to you, but I want to bring out something, probably something you've never heard before. Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse number 11. Luke 15, beginning with verse number 11. Uh, if you're there, say amen. And if not, it should be behind me. Luke 15, verse 11. And then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And so he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted all of his possessions with prodigal living. And when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And there he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and sent him into the fields to feed on swine. And he would have gladly had filled his stomach with the pods that the swan had ate, but no one had gave him anything. And when he had come to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and that I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, and when he was still a great far off, his father saw him and had compassion on him, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22, And the father said to the servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and let us be merry. For this is my son, he was dead, and now he is alive again. He was lost, and now he is found, and they begin to be merry. Now the older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, because he has received him safe and sound. Your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry. It would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, and I have never trespassed, trust, uh, transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you have never gave me a young goat that I may, that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And you said to him, Son, you are always with me. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that, excuse me, it was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to minister your word, and I pray that all that is said and done tonight may bring you the glory. And I pray that your word would go forth to good soil. When everyone shouted, Amen. We're going to look at the story tonight, the, uh, the story of the prodigal son. And it's a familiar story we have all heard multiple times. I would suggest we've probably heard it hundreds and hundreds of times. We have heard it from different angles, different spins, 
I'm sure you have heard it, and you could probably preach it to me because we've heard it so many times. And I'm not here to try to give you a new revelation of the story. I'm here to probably tell you from a different angle, uh, maybe from a different experience. And, uh, and, and if you've already heard it from this angle, then maybe you can learn it. Uh, maybe there's something you can learn from this story tonight. And uh, because I believe that we all can, uh, we're all on a journey of growth and we all can learn something. So hopefully you can learn something tonight and you could take it and hopefully it could be applicable to your life tonight. You know, as I, um, as I look at the Bible, I'm fascinated with the scriptures tonight because one of the things that I see about the scriptures, uh, and that is the scriptures are full of stories. One story right after another story. Jesus, one of the very primary reasons, one of the things that Jesus does, especially in his preaching and teaching, is that he tells stories. Because stories have a way of reaching people's attention. And how many knows that one of the things that we got to grasp for in the day and age that we live is people's attention? Because people's attention and their uh, attention span is not very uh, long nowadays. you got to constantly grasp for people's attention span. And Jesus would use stories to try to grasp people's attention spans. And the Bible is full of stories. And so we come to a story here in Luke chapter 15 of a parable that Jesus is illustrating here. A parable of a father, a parable of two sons. And Jesus gives this elaborate parable of a father's love for his two sons. His unconditional love for his two sons. Obviously, we know it is the father's love for humanity. It is the father's love expressed for humanity. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at this story and I'm going to tell you the good things about this story. And then I'm going to tell you some of the bad things about this story. And then I'm going to tell you some interesting things about this story. And then I'm going to close the story out about some interesting things or some, what's the point about the story, all right? So we're going to look about, about four categories of the story. Number one, we're going to look at the good things about the story. Number two, we're going to look at some bad things about this story. We're going to look at some interesting things about this story. And then we're going to look at what, what is the point of the story. What is the point of the story? So number one, what is some good things about the story? Number two, what is the bad things about the story? Number three, what is some interesting things about the story? And the last thing we're going to look at is what is the point of the story? So number one, let's look at some good things about this story. Or should I say, what is some good things about the son? Because the story is really about the son. It's about the prodigal son in the story. So what is some good things about the son in the story? You know, if you look at the story in Luke chapter 15, it is about the prodigal. It's about the son leaving the father's house, right? It's about the son leaving the father's house. One of the very first things you see about the son that's leaving the father is number one, you will see one of the good things about this is number one, he asked for, he asked, uh, he asked for it. In other words, he asked for his portion. Number one, he asked for his portion. The scripture tells us that he went to his father and he asked for his portion. He said to his father, I want you to give me my portion. I want you to give me what belongs to me. Now, how in the world is that good? Why is that something good about the story? Why is that something to be celebrated about the story? Well, you know why it's good about the story? is because he didn't steal it from his father. That's why it's good. 
He didn't steal it from his father. As a matter of fact, he didn't even borrow it from his father. He didn't take it from his father. He asked his father, do you think that you can give it to me early? I know my portion, my inheritance really belongs to me after you die. But do you think you can give it to me early? So really, the good thing about this story, even though we preach that it's really bad that he went to his father and he asked his father for his inheritance, and we preach that that's really bad, but I really want you to see from a different angle that maybe it really wasn't that bad. I mean, at least he didn't steal it from his father. He didn't borrow it from his father. He didn't take it from his father. He simply asked for it. We live in a generation where children will actually steal from their parents. Can I hear an amen? We live in a generation where children will actually steal from their parents, but in this story, this child didn't steal from his father. He actually asked for it early. He asked for it early. So in my interpretation of this story, I would say, now we're spinning the text. We're looking at it from a different angle. I know that theologians would look at it differently, and that's fine. But we're just having fun with this text tonight. And I am saying that probably a good thing is he asked for it, and he didn't steal from it. He didn't steal from his father. So number one, the son asked for his portion, and he didn't steal it. Number two, he only asked for his portion. Number two, he only asked for his portion. You know what? He didn't steal his brother's portion, Sister Lana. He didn't take somebody else's portion. He only took his portion. He didn't take his brother's portion. He didn't take somebody else's portion. He only took his portion. So you know why I think this is the good part of the story? I think this is the good part of the story is because he only took what belongs to him. We live in a generation where people will take more than what belongs to them. And we live in a generation where people will steal from people. What, what you see in this story is that this boy took only what belonged to him and he didn't steal, but he asked for it. Can somebody say amen? How many would agree with the preacher tonight? Let's give this boy some credit tonight. At least he didn't steal, and at least he only took what belonged to him. He only took what belonged to him, and he didn't steal. He only asked for his portion. Nowhere did he take his brother's portion, but he only took his portion. So number one, he asked for it. He didn't steal, he didn't steal it. Number two, he asked only for his portion, Pastor Larry. He only asked his portion. Number three, get this. You know why I think this is a good story? Number three, he went to a far country. The Bible says he went to his father, asked for his portion, asked for his inheritance, and what did he do? He took his inheritance, and the Bible says he went to a far country, and what did he do in the far country? He spent it. In riotous living with harlots, he spent it all. He went to a far country. Now, you say, Pastor, how is that good? Now, y'all with me? Now, I'm getting ready to preach right here. At least he didn't bring the harlots and mess up at a daddy's house. At least 
He did it away from his daddy's house. And he didn't bring the drugs and the harlots back to his daddy's house. I am tired of parents letting mess going on up in their home. If you're going to do mess, do it in a far country. Boy, I'm preaching real good up in here. You know why it's good that he went to a far country? Is because his daddy said, if you're going to do mess, you ain't going to do mess up in my house. You're going to do mess somewhere else. It's amazing to me that parents just let people shack up in their house. Come on, somebody. Let their boyfriend and girlfriend shack up in the back room back there. Oh, no, 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 no. You ain't going to do mess up in my house. At least he went to a far country and did his mess. And he didn't do a mess up into his daddy's house. You see, we've always preached that this is all bad, but at least he didn't bring shame on his parents in his home, in his daddy's home. If you're going to do it, at least have the audacity to go away from your parents' house. I was raised in the old school that if you was going to sin, at least go away from your grandparents' house and don't do it up in their house. Come on, somebody. Can I hear an amen? Nowadays, we got people so brave, they'll just do it right up in the house. One time, my granddad, before he got saved, my grandma was raised in old school Pentecost where you couldn't cut your hair, you know, all that stuff. And my granddad, you know, wasn't, he wasn't necessarily saved and sanctified at the moment. And no joke, I'm telling you the true story. My granddad was getting drunk. And my grandma was raising seven children in, in church and bringing them to church. And my granddad was a heathen. So my grandma said, you ain't drinking up in this house. My grandma told this story for years. So he was drinking one night, came home late one night. And my granddad came home drunk one night. And so guess what my grandma did? She got the belt out and whipped him all the way around the table and said, you ain't coming back in this house doing no mess in front of these kids no more. Now, that's what you called old school West Virginia whooping. We don't know nothing about that nowadays. We just tell people, Johnny, sit down. Johnny, behave yourself. Johnny, now be quiet. Be, be quiet. When I was growing up, they introduced you to the Board of Education. Can I just, can I hear an amen? They just introduce you to the board of education. It was none of this. Sit down now. Be quiet. No, honey, be quiet. No, no, be, be, no, no. They gave you a look. I better go on here. I better. I know what half of you think. You don't have kids. You don't know. I don't need no kid because I was a kid at one time and I, I, I got welts on my behind. I experienced it. Come on, somebody. Now, I didn't go out drinking, but I had, I had a, a talk-back mouth, and so I had a lot of times, uh, you know, they had those rings on their fingers, so, you know, they would hit me on the back of the, you know, and so bust my lips. So I got the point every once in a while not to talk back. So I'll just go on right here. So if you're going to do the mess... You better go to a far country and you're not going to do the mess in my house. So he went to a far country. Now, it's interesting. You all with me? He went to a far country. Now, it's interesting 
I love the Bible. <laughs> this is so cool. Because the Bible says in Luke 15, and verse 15, Luke 15, verse 15, listen, after he went to a far country, Luke 15, verse 15, look at this. Then he went to a, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. In other words, number four, he got a job. So even though he left his daddy's house, he still got a job. It wasn't the best job, but the good thing about this story is that even though this boy, even though this boy asked for his portion, even though this boy asked for it, he didn't steal it, he asked for his portion, he went to a far country, he didn't do the mess at his daddy's house, he got a job. There's something to be said about somebody not living right and still keeping a job. Ooh, did I just preach there? Did I just, did y'all just hear what I just said? There's something about somebody not living right and still keeping a job. This person was not living right, but he still had a job. Just because you're not living right, don't give you an excuse not to work a job. Can somebody help the preacher preach? I need some help up in here. Just because you're not living right, don't give you an excuse not to get a job. You know what's wrong with America? It's because we got lazy folks that don't know how to work. You know what, you know what we need? We need young people to pull their pants up, brush their teeth, Get up and get a job. This person had a job even though he spent all of his money, he still had a job. He got a job. Because he knew if he was going to eat, he better work. So he got a job in that country. And you know what? The next thing about this person, this is the next thing, is that, now get this, number five, he went away young, and he came back young. That's the good thing. It's one thing, listen, it's one thing to sin for years and years and years and come back to the Lord when you're 65 and messed up your whole life. And it's another thing to sin a few years and come back young and still have your whole life for Jesus. The good thing about this young man is that he didn't waste his whole life. And what's sad is about some folks is that they have messed up their whole life is because they have rejected the Lord at a young age and they've never come back to the Lord until they're late in life. Let me say this and let me say it loud and clear. The, whole, the old phrase is like, it's never too late to do something for the Lord. That's a lie anyway. It is too late sometimes. It can be too late to do something for God. This boy was young, but he came back young. Don't waste your whole life. There's one thing in life, once it's over, you can't have it back, and that's time. You can't redeem time once it's over. Don't give the devil your youth. Some people give their 
the, the devil their youth. They're old and beat up. Gave the devil their youth all their life. And then they come back to the Lord. And then they're trying to make up time. Listen, thank God we have all eternity with Christ. Thank God for that. Thank God your soul can be saved. And thank God you can live with God, live with God forever, for eternity. But for our life here on earth, sometimes we're limited. That's why it's very important that we have, we live for Christ for the very most that we can that he's given us. Number six, it's interesting in this story, he didn't blame anyone for his faults. He said, he came back to his father and he says, I have sinned. He didn't blame anybody. He said, I've sinned, father. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against earth. I've sinned. He didn't blame anybody for his faults. I've sinned. Number seven, he came back home. He came back home. There's a correction there. He came back home. That is the good thing about this story. That's the good thing about this son, is that he asked for it. He didn't steal anything. He, he only asked for his portion. He didn't take his brother's portion. He went to a far country. He didn't do the mess at his father's house. He didn't bring the harlots to his father's house. He did get a job. He came back young. He left young and came back young. He didn't blame anybody else for his faults. He did come back home. That is the good thing about this prodigal son. Now, what is the bad thing about this prodigal son? The bad thing about this prodigal son is that, number one, he asked for his portion before his season. You see, you're not supposed to ask for your portion until after your father is dead. Because that's supposed to take care of you. So in other words, when he asks his father for his portion, he is literally saying to his father, I wish you were dead. So he should have never did that. He prematurely asked for his portion too early. Number two, he had a give me attitude. Give me my portion. Isn't that what Satan had? Isn't that what Eve had? Isn't that what Lot had? All these men and women who messed up in the Bible, they had a give me attitude. But it's interesting that this prodigal son, even though he had a give me attitude, when he came back to his father, he had a make me attitude. Make me one of your hired servants. And lastly, the bad thing about this story is that he was out of covenant with the father. He was out of covenant with the father. In other words, he left the father's house. And when you leave the father's house, you are out of his covering. Ladies and gentlemen, don't leave the covenant of the father. Because when you leave the covenant of the father, you are out under his protection. Now, what is interesting about this story when this son came back to the father, you know what the father did? The father welcomed his son. But you know what the father did? The father did three things. Number one, the father put a robe on him. Number two, the father put a ring on his hand. And number three, the father put sandals on his feet. That's what's interesting about this story. Why is that so interesting? Because a robe, a ring, and a sandal represents 
the completeness of the human life. It represents activity of your feet. It represents the activity of your hands. And it represents the activity of human life. In other words, the Father is saying, whatever you have done in your far country, I have covered you. I have covered you. I have put you back in authority. I have brought you back in covenant with me. You see, isn't that what the love of God does? It brings us back in covenant with us. It puts us back in fellowship with us. You see, slaves in the Middle East were barefooted. But you see, what the father did, he put sandals on his feet. Because servants had sandals while slaves were barefooted. The father put sandals on his feet. Because no longer is he a slave, he is a servant, he is a son. He is treated like a son. So, you know what? You know what's interesting about this story? You know what's interesting about this story? The other son, the other son, I'm about ready to close. The other son got an attitude and said, Father... Listen, Father, I have served you all my life. And you have never, ever done anything for me. Never. You have never done anything for me. And yet, you go out and you have a party for my brother. What's up with that, Dad? Point is this, number one. Authentic repentance only brings with remembrance. If you're going to repent, you've got to remember something. The son repented because he remembered that it was better at his father's house. When you repent, you truly repent you will authentically remember. Authentic repentance only begins with remembrance. The son repented when he remembered it was better at his father's house. If the son, the other son, if he would have remembered, listen, if the other son would have remembered that he could have had whatever his father had, he would have never had a complaint, but he did, never remembered. The story, listen to me, the story is about remembrance. If the one son, the one son remembered he had it good at his father's house, so he went back to his father's house and he was forgiven. The other son didn't remember that everything in the house really belonged to him too. And the father said, son, don't you, don't you get it? All these years, it, it really all belongs to you too. Don't you remember? The story is about remembrance. The sinner comes to confession because the Holy Spirit pricks his heart to remember his sin and then he repents. The self-righteous 
the Holy Spirit pricks his heart and he comes to a confession and he remembers how self-righteous he is. The problem is in the church is we have spiritual amnesia. We forget where we have been. We have a memory. This prodigal son repented when he remembered it was better at his father's house, but the other son did not remember that everything really belonged to him all those years. The one son said, I'm not going to go in there. Now get this. This is the point. I'm not going to go in there and celebrate with my brother. Because really, my brother, justice, my brother should really be condemned. He's been sleeping with harlots. My brother took his inheritance. My brother took that money and spent it all. And my dad is acting like it's no big deal and has forgiven him. And now he's spending more money on a fatted calf and acting like it's no big deal. Justice says my dad should do something. You know what the Holy Spirit said to me? Put the next quote up here. Justice should have hung him, but mercy cut the rope. Did you hear me? It's what the devil says. Justice wants to hang you. But I stand and declare to you that mercy has cut the rope. Can somebody just lift your hand and say, thank God for the mercy of God today. Hallelujah. And what the brother failed to realize is that God is not all about justice. God is also about mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that's what I wanted to tell you about this Sunday. Did you enjoy the word today?